So we'll start from uh, the penultimate mission of Oxin. Chalas Tavash, Ma'emus Sai Matamas Mushumashke, Beishamayamrim Mishiyacharcher, Beishilo Omim Mishiyarasik. So when does honeycomb become susceptible to tumor? Yeah, the mission is talking about honeycomb and when it becomes, when the honey inside it becomes susceptible to tumor as regards to it being a liquid. At what point does it change from a solid to being considered a liquid? Beis Shammai say from the moment that he begins to heat the honeycomb. But Beis Hillel say once he crushes the honeycomb and the honey starts to flow. And I assume we don't say Kaddish, not having a minion present in my room here. Hadran Aloch Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Alon. Datach Alon Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Alon. Nan is Nashiminot Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Loiba Alma Hodain Veloiba Alma Dorsi. Hadran Aloch Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadran Alon. Datan Alon Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Alon. Let's is Nashiminot Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Loiba Alma Hodain Veloiba Alma Dorsi. Hadran Aloch Shit Hasidri Mishnah Vahadrach Alon. Datan Aloch Shita Sidri Mishna Vadatoch Alon. Lotis Nashim Inoch Shita Sidri Mishna Vadis Nashim Inay Laga Alma Hodain, Velaiba Alma de Ose. So we just said in the Hadron, Vinia Nachnu Vetsayat Soenu Vetsayat Soe Amacho Beis Yisroel Kanonu Yodei Shemecha Velayim Desar Esecha. Rav Munk had no children of his own, but we who have just been Messiah Shisha Sidre Mishnah, in his memory, can, can I feel be considered as Vetsayat Soe Amacho Beis Yisroel, remembering Rav Munk and learning for the Sukhus of his Neshoma. Thank you for giving me the honor of being Messiah Shisha Sidri Mishnah, Leiluye Nishmas, Moira Morena Harav, Eliyoha Kayan Munk, Zechat Sadik Livrocha. Rav Munk was my uncle. His first wife, Rebson Hilda Munk, was my father's sister. He, Rav Munk, was the son of the Berliner Rav, and my aunt was the daughter of the Hamburger Rav. Rabbi, the Hamburger Rav, Rabbi Dr. Avrom Shmuel Binyamin Spitzer, what a suitable Shidduch. The daughter of the Berlinerov, uh, sorry, the son of the Berlinerov and the daughter of the Hamburgerov. I've been asked to say a few words by way of personal reminiscence of my uncle Ailey as we knew him, and I do remember him very well. My parents were very close to him and his second wife Renee and her twin daughters Shula and Judith, who were very close friends of my older sister, Mrs. Esther Ellenson. We were frequent visitors to their home in Woodstock Avenue. As an aside, my late father came to London as a young man in 1934 to study what would nowadays be called business administration at Pittman's College and stayed with the monks in Temple Gardens and was at the inaugural services held in Rav Monk's house at the very founding of what would later become this Kehillah. My father then went back to Germany to work, was arrested after Kristallnacht 
and was imprisoned in Dachau. He was released from Dachau because his sister, Rebison Munk, was able to get him a visa to leave Germany. So my own personal history is bound closely with that of the Munk family. Some memories of my uncle Eli. In public, Rav Munk gave a somewhat stern and serious, almost forbidding image. But in private, he was a very, he had a very warm persona, making people feel valued and listened to when talking with him. Whatever age the person, one felt that one had his full personal attention. Although he was usually serious and stern, we knew another side of him, and I can remember Purim Sudas, where his keen sense of humor and sense of fun shone through. Many people have reminisced to me over the years about the very warm welcome they received in the Munk household. This welcome was extended not just to those he already knew, but to strangers and newcomers equally, if not more so. I clearly remember seeing with my young eyes how he was so careful with people's privacy. I remember him ensuring that people coming to his house to speak with him would not meet others going to or coming from the house. My father, who had been brought up in a rabbinical household, was keen to teach us from quite an early age to ask Shilas of Arav. So quite often, if I had my father, if I asked my father something, and even if he knew the answer, he would say to me, go and ask Shiloh of the Rav, call Uncle Eli. Without fail, he listened carefully and answered thoughtfully. It was a wonderful chinuch for which I'm very grateful both to my father and Rav Munk. Too often nowadays, I ask my patients, have you discussed the, this problem with your Rav? Have you asked the Shiloh? And they often say that they are too embarrassed or shy to do so, or even worse, that they don't have a rav to call their own and to whom to ask their questions. How sad. To many, he is remembered for his absolute and total yashras. Yashras, he was as straight as a poker, unbending in the face of kashras, halacha, and communal matters and communal pressures. He was his own man, not beholden to anyone. I've heard the following so often from various people about how you answered the Shaila sometimes with the words, must you? This was not a flippant throwaway put down, but a heartful, meant, gentle prod that you could do better. Someone might be looking for a heta for something which might be halachically acceptable, but surely you could do better. Why not strive for something better? Which is why and how he turned his kehillah into the wonderful Mokam Torah, Mokam filler that it is today and in spite of its official title it is still known fondly eponymously by his name and which for someone who had no children of his own perpetuates his name and memory constantly i must share with you my most overwhelming and abiding memory of Munk. it is the following encounter to which i was privileged to be a witness i once spent a shabbos with the monks in woodstock avenue when i was quite young perhaps seven or eight I cannot remember precisely, but I remember this incident very clearly. It was Sunday morning, and we were walking to the shul from Rav Munk's house in Woodstock Avenue. That is, just me and the Rav. He was holding my hand, and we were walking down the street. As we passed the end of Ravenscroft Avenue, the vicar of what was then St. Michael's came out of the Ravenscroft Avenue, where there used to be a vicarage. I remember clearly he was wearing his full canonicals, his cassock, and we met. We met at the corner of Munk greeted him warmly with good morning. And the vicar replied with a good morning, Rabbi Monk. 
Rav Munk then asked the vicar, so what's the theme of your sermon for today? And the vicar told him what it was. As the vicar turned into what the old yekas used to call a hektish, Rav Munk said to him, I hope your sermon goes well. In exchange for which he received the reply, and Rabbi, have a good service. What a Kiddush Hashem, and what an abiding memory of the Rav, my uncle Eli. I'd like to conclude by quoting Rav Munk's own words. I have in my possession the text of a letter that Rav Munk wrote in 1958 as words of Nechoma to parents who had just lost a child. I believe this letter has been widely circulated and published. This deeply moving letter contains a message for anyone suffering a loss, and it is perhaps all the more poignant because the Rav had no natural children of his own. When, meeting, when reading it, one can see that every word was carefully chosen and carefully considered. In the letter he writes, and I paraphrase slightly, the more valuable a life, the more precious also is its end. Precious is in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the death of those who give themselves to him. Yoka be'ene Hashem ha'movsa l'chassidov. For if HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes one good life away from the universal body of mankind, this counts to him as if he had taken many others. The death of Sadiqim atones for the surviving. Nisosan shol Sadiqim l'chaperes. This is what he included in the letter to the bereaved parents, but it applies equally to him. Yehi Zichro Baruch. Thank you for asking me to speak.